0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio 1020 KDKA.
2: All right, we're off and running. It's Doug and Jeff, your organic gardeners. Let me be the first to remind you if you'd like to get a question answered, all you need to do is dial this number, 866 391 10 20. com. And if you'd like to be the 10th caller to win a gift certificate from Sorgals, you need to call this number. 412-922-1020. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever is on your mind in the way of gardening, now would be a beautiful time to call. And we'll get you on the air with Doug and Jess in just a couple of moments. Triblive.com, everybodygardens.com. You know them, you love them. Here they are once again, Doug and Jess. Good morning.
3: Good morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and everybodygardens.com.
0: And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser.
3: And today is the day. Red, You're right, red ripe and, red, and roasted ripe. already oh, this morning. I am, I, I am. I can see it. Gardeners can help the hungry by bringing your produce today to Phipps. It's the 13th annual Red, Ripe, and Roasted Tomato and Garlic Festival as I said at Phipps from 11 to 4. Bring that fresh produce and it goes right to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and you then get into the conservatory for free to see Supernatural, the amazing glass show. And then at 12 noon today, I'll be cooking ultimate garlic-infused salmon. I got two of the most beautiful Big, giant fillets of salmon, wild-caught Alaskan salmon from Woolies yesterday. And it's sitting in the fridge, coated in garlic, which is soaking into it. (laughs) And I made it on KDKA-TV on Thursday, and everybody went crazy for it. I left a bunch for the crew. And so there are lots of other chefs that are going to be there and food demonstrations. Also, the competition for the biggest, smallest, and ugliest homegrown tomato, You'll get uh, special prizes if you win that. And, of course, if your tomato doesn't win, it goes right to the food bank. (laughs) Lots of vendors selling fresh tomatoes, garlic, and produce. Enon Valley garlic will be there. If you want to grow garlic, this is where to get it. They're going to have literally dozens of different varieties, and you have to start with the right type of garlic if you're going to grow it locally. And there's lots of fun activities for kids today from 11 to 4 at FIPS. Please come see me. I'll be there for the whole thing. And, of course, as always, I pay my daughter $25 to dress up like a tomato. I was washing her costume in the bathtub yesterday.
2: Oh, she only got a five dollar really raise. It was twenty bucks last year. Give her fifty. <laughs> twenty
3: five is enough.
2: No, it's not. <laughs> she's a cute
3: tomato, and
0: I think she was uh, in their promo ads or something. Yeah, she, Wasn't she yeah, on their they, website? Yeah, was so, on the
3: website and got tweeted. So, that, I, yeah.
0: You know, Listen, yeah. Steph, if you're listening, you got to ask for a raise. She's not listening. Oh. <laughs>
3: Jeez. She will take tips. Everybody says
0: <laughs> right, she, she needs a raise,
3: t- but we don't need to keep <laughs> perpetuating that. <laughs> she
0: should have a should That's, have a tip jar that walking is a, around. That I is like a that.
2: wonderful thing that you do, though. So
3: good people. Thanks. Go it's back. a great it festival. Is. You know, it, it grows year after year, and I forget on Thursday. She said how much produce we've got. I think it, it's. 12 tons, something like that over the years, maybe more.
0: They bring the big box truck and you fill up the box truck. And the fact that it's fresh produce, sometimes, many times it's homegrown. If you don't have a garden and you can't, Grow it yourself, stop at the grocery store on your way right. in and buy some fresh produce. And you know, many times a lot of our grocery stores now carry locally grown, you know, they'll they'll have different things from local farmers. And so that's, if you can't grow it yourself, that's as local as you can get or stopping at the farmer's market. I mean,
3: the, the, the yeah, the key is the fresh produce. You know. And
0: they take checks too, right? Yep, that's yeah. right. Cash too. <laughs> there you go. But
3: if, you know... Fresh produce is the key, You're trying to get good food to people that are hungry, you know, kids, seniors, working poor, instead of the, you know, high-sodium canned stuff. I mean, t- you take what you can get, uh, but uh, the fresh produce is so, so important.
0: And that is today, 11 to 4 on the lawn at Phipps, yep. right in front. Yep. So it would be a good day to head down there.
2: You know, you think you guys could spare a few tomatoes. You know, I haven't gotten any tomatoes. Uh, that's a
3: good point. You been know, it been five years. It's, it's, well, it's been slow this year, to tell you. I
2: truth. but I mean, you know, we need more of these steel mills to pour all this pollution into the air. When tomatoes <laughs> used to be as big as pumpkins, we've gone green, and nobody has tomatoes anymore.
3: Are, are you picking big tomatoes yet?
0: I actually am. I picked a couple of them. Uh, I don't have. I need like two or three more to have a batch to make uh, my famous tomato soup. So I'm, I'm hoping today or tomorrow I'll get to pick a few more.
3: I visited the garlic king of Millvale, and uh, he gave me a permissive per. What is it? Per persimmon.
0: Oh, the tomato, orange one. Oh, I love those. Uh
3: and a couple others. Black creme, and another one, I forget the name of it. It was so good. Um I actually had a picture he I said, ah, oh, come on, let's go down and get a beer and uh he said, "Well, I don't know if we should go down there with you wearing those yellow shoes." <laughs> so we went to this place called. You
0: mean your sloggers with yeah, the yellow shoes yeah, with yellow, the chickens, with on chickens
3: on them on there yeah. and, and shorts? Okay. I was wearing and he was like, "I don't know if we should." Get it. <laughs> we went into there. It's a place called Cousins. Uh, it is the uh, Pittsburgh Magazine's number one Pittsburgh dive bar, and we had a great time. It ends up that the bartender, who's the daughter of the owner, is a big gardener, and so she's like. I'm so glad you're in here. So everything worked so out. the
0: shoes were okay. You <laughs> yeah. didn't get beat up over your yellow no,
3: shoes I shot, with chicken No, I bottom. shot a picture of me with my yellow shoes up on the bar and him pointing oh, at I'm it. Oh,
0: I'm sure so. they love that, your shoes up on the bar. I asked permission. <laughs> okay, good.
2: Hey, yesterday <laughs> we were talking about Jonathan Green and fall planning. And, you know, the weather's been kind of strange. Feels more like fall in the morning. So what are your suggestions for people heading into the fall and all of the things that you'll be discussing in the way of fall planning? Then
3: we'll go to break. Well, you know, Jess, I, I'm... Planting right now all sorts of stuff, lettuce, spinach, Swiss chard, beets from plants. I was able to find it Best Feeds actually. They got a lot of uh, stuff. I know Chapman's has a lot of stuff. Go to your local nursery if you don't wanna start from seed and you can find lots of plants there of cool weather crops that will take you all the way into fall and into winter.
0: And not just in the vegetable garden, this is the perfect time to be planting trees and shrubs. I'd say, you know, September, early October, even into late October, depending on what the weather is like. This is ideal planting Mm conditions. So if you're redoing your landscape or you wanna add a a tree or a shrub or, or even perennials, Fall is an excellent time for it. We talk about this a lot because the soil is still warm and the air gets a lot cooler. That makes ideal planting conditions.
3: I think I lost a Japanese maple and instead of crying about it, I'm thinking about, "Oh, I can't. I'm so excited about what I'm going to put there." And when I interviewed uh Micah from Plumline, there's a thing called Ankyanthus oh that yes. I'm interested in for that shade. Be, it's a better, a gray, oh, the, be a better It'll be a better plant for that area than the Japanese maple was. All right.
2: We've we have some calls coming in right now. We're going to talk to Bob and David in just a little bit. They have some questions for Doug and Jess. And we're still awaiting that winner and that uh, gift certificate giveaway from the fine folks at Sorgles. And I think we should brag on our wonderful local sponsors a little bit. And Sorgles happens to be one of them.
3: Oh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, if you're up in the north, that's a place to go. Even if
2: you're not up in the north, but it's boy, a place to
3: go. We have so many great... Great sponsors that have that have done this for so many years to, to keep the yep. the the show going. And if we start naming them, I know I'll forget one. But uh, we thank you all, you know. And Jess and I are always saying, go to your local nurseries. That's the best place you're going to get the best plants, uh, best quality, and the best information.
2: All right, short break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This, ladies and gentlemen, is your Organic Gardeners for a Sunday. August 27,
1: 2017. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. Here's Radio 1020, KDKA. All
2: right, kids, we're back. This is the Organic Gardeners. What else before we go to the phones? We know you got red, ripe, and roasted later today. What else are you doing? What else are you doing, Jess? Doug first.
3: Well, I just want to talk real quick about a story I have about a guy named Robert Slabe. Uh, he's 86 years old and caring for his uh, late wife's house plants. It was just a sweet story. He called me actually uh, with some to get some advice on a mandevilla plant and uh, told me that For the last two years, he's been caring for his wife. They've been married since 1956, I think, and she passed two years ago. So just a touching story, I think, uh, about the connection between plants and people.
2: Hey, congratulations to uh, James from Squirrel Hill, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. How about you, Jess? Anything?
0: I'm always writing about all kinds of good stuff this time of year. It's an excellent time for planting. I just had a column uh, in the Trib about getting a late-season crop of lettuce planted, and then some pretty cool and interesting ways that you can attract and keep hummingbirds in the garden, which we all know and love, and there's some pretty unique things that you
3: can do to help them.
2: All right, let's get right to the phones and say hello to Bob. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Good
3: morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Doing good. What's on your mind?
1: Okay, I
3: have a passion plant I ordered offline. And i if I to
1: ask you guys first, it grew. It's like almost 15 feet, the vines go in my little arbor. they heading on back down. I didn't get any flowers. And people said that's common. But do I trim them back in the fall or just let them go?
0: Do you know in particular which type of passion flower this is? Is it a hardy one or is it a tropical one that is not going to survive the winter?
1: It's supposed to be hardy. Okay, oh,
0: good. So it's probably Passiflora incarnata, which is um, our native one that we call a maypop. And it's a great, great plant. And a lot of people think of passion vines as just a tropical vine. Uh, but this is a, a species that survives the winters here in Pennsylvania quite easily. And I suspect that that's the one you had when you talked about it being 15 feet tall, because uh, maypops, yeah. they can grow, you know, 15, 25 feet tall in a single season. They die. They die back to the ground in the winter, though. So you'll have them die completely back down to the ground. And the reason they're called May Pops is because... They don't actually pop up out of the ground until really late in the spring, like sometimes mid to late spring, and you think, oh my gosh, this this vine died, it's never coming back, and all of a sudden, boom, they come up out of the ground. Um, they can be pretty aggressive, so give them a, you know, a nice, big, sturdy arbor for them to climb. You do not have to worry about pruning or cutting them back. Once that vine is established, probably within two or three years, it will start to bloom. It's a magnet for bees, and it's just a really, really great plant, but do right. give it lots of room
1: great thank you very
3: much guys you're welcome i was at uh, a garden yesterday uh bill painter's garden well amazing garden he won a contest with everybody gardens and so we went there i gave him some ideas for his garden his church garden and we went out to lunch together uh with his wife Timberly. and he said that when you said last week that your stewardia had died he felt so much better
0: Oh, he killed one, too?
3: No, no. It was just like, you know, even the expert sometimes can lose lose a plant. And that's like me losing the Japanese maple. It happens. Yeah, things happen. And when that happens, when you first start gardening, you're like, oh, I can't believe it. But when it goes on like this, you know, for all these years, it's like try and look for the anticipation of the next thing that you can plant there. Plants die. That's just part of it.
2: Back to the phones. Here's Greg. Economy. Hey, Greg. Good morning.
1: Good morning, everybody. Uh, I talked to you guys last year about this tree, a catalpa tree. I call it a bean tree, mm-hmm. and I had the green caterpillars, and they ate every leaf off of it. And I got them back this year again. I thought they were just a one-year thing, from what I was reading. I mean, every leaf is gone again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And
3: that's funny. We talked about that last week too. Yeah, Toby tree.
0: Yes, that people call oh, them a toby oh, yeah. tree. Yeah, it's a catalpa sphinx moth. It's actually a, a native insect that just is hand-in-hand hand with that tree. Um... You really and, and we talked about this last week with the arborist from Davie, and we can bring it up with Todd again today when he's in in the second half of the show. But uh, it has to be complete defoliation for multiple years in a row to really, you know, really hurt those catalpa trees in any way. I know it's really hard to look at a plant that you love to be defoliated like that, but this is an insect that you know it, it belongs here, and I would say I wouldn't worry so much about it. Um, now maybe when we get three or four years in and you you know if it's still happening then okay that's going to you know possibly be an issue but
1: yeah okay well that's great to hear yeah because it's a well-established tree and i I love it for the shade it's in between the houses and uh, the only one that's happy is the hawk that keeps eating the caterpillars. Perfect. That's, that's what. You, that's exactly what you want.
0: You want to have that what we call the food web of the garden. That's what you want to have. Those insects are herbivores. They feed on the plants, and that supports the greater web of life. That's that our gardens are a part of. So, but my tree looks be. terrible. It's okay. <laughs> it's oh, it is okay. But my tree looks terrible. Oh, Doug. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: you did, still have a tree because
1: uh, it actually bloomed last year. Then in late in the fall, it rebloomed. Uh, it was odd. Yep. But, okay, well, that's great to hear. I'm yeah. glad. Maybe it'll hang in there for a few more years.
0: I am sure it will, and when, especially with an established tree like that. They can handle a, just a huge amount of defoliation and without very many ill effects. Well, so. well,
3: and one of the uh, benefits of planting later in the year is that uh, the insect pressure isn't as bad, you know, as you get... I know a lot of people are, are planting that second crop of zucchini and stuff in July mm-hmm. so that they're kind of off the uh, squash bug cycle. And I find too, you know, I'll, I'll find plants at, at nurseries, even uh, annuals, usually ones that I can save over the winter, but put them in late in the season that I don't have to water them all the way through July, the mm-hmm. heat of July, and they'll. I don't need to water them right now.
2: All right, we got about a minute before the break, so not enough time to put anybody on. So we're going to wait till after the news, go back to the phones. Number to Dow, we have a couple of available lines for you. 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access at kdk.com. You can always, ladies and gentlemen, find out more about what Doug and Jess do at triblive.com. And Doug, of course, at everybodygardens.com. 30 seconds are left. What's on your mind?
3: Well, just uh, come out and join me today at Phipps. It's the Red, Ripe, and Roasted Tomato and Garlic Festival. It is a lot of fun, but for a good cause, just bring some produce, and it goes right to the food bank, which is a a wonderful thing. They need fresh produce, but also bring a tomato down. You could win the biggest, smallest, or ugliest tomato, and uh, come eat a little bit of uh, garlic-infused salmon, and then you won't be able to talk to anybody the rest of the day.
2: So... What do people usually bring? When I mean, produce, they bring lots of it. Oh, little. they
3: bring bags of it. They bring bags of zucchini, tomatoes, beans, potatoes, you name it. It's that's, awesome.
2: That's a good thing. All right, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, instant access, kdka.com. Next stop, when we come back, we're heading to Oakdale to say good morning to Mary. So please stay with us.
1: Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio 1020, KDKA. All
2: right, we'll take the 10th caller right now to win a gift certificate from the good people at Janoski's who will open their doors at 8 o'clock today. They're there every day, 8 to 7. That number, 412-922-1020. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company.
3: Yeah, we're here with Todd Sherbandi from the Davy Tree Expert Company talking all about why to hire a certified arborist. Now, Todd, uh, Justin, I know why. Oh, absolutely. But- <laughs> but we we need to find out from you why do you you reach out for a certified arborist as opposed to a guy driving by in a pickup truck who has a chainsaw
4: Right we get that question all the time thanks for having me this morning by the way um you know people say all the time well i called an arborist because i want to have you know uh Quality uh, experience. I want to. I want to get your feedback. Um, but anyone can be an arborist. Let's let's just throw that out there first and foremost. Um, arborist is somewhat of a generalized term, uh, but a certified arborist, someone who has actually gone through and received the credentialing from the International Society of Arboriculture, um, someone who shows the skill set to understand um, disease management on a property, insect issues, um, and also how to mitigate hazards. Um, and that's one of the things I think that uh, we had on our talking points today was talking about how to do a risk assessment, which may be a little deeper than we want to go. But uh, when you're out on a property, having a certified arborist, someone that understands proper pruning principles, um, the proper time to prune. Uh, down, I know you guys both have uh, some oaks on your property. want to maintain uh, these trees and not prune them at the wrong time of the year. We get that question all the time. Well, you know, I want to prune my oak now listen, we have to hold off until later on in the season, until the risk of the we, disease we, is, is passed. We've so. heard
3: stories where people are coming uh, out and they're pruning oaks a yeah. long time, which could be a disaster.
4: Yeah, homeowners, uh, professionals, unfortunately, we see it all the time. And, you know, I saw a confirmed case over out my way earlier this year where they took off one limb to hang a swing and, you know, the homeowner took off one limb to hang a mm-hmm. swing up and, unfortunately, that was the, the kiss of death for that oak tree. So, you know, had they known, had they called us a uh, ahead of time and said, Hey, can we take off this limb? I would have, you know, clearly told them absolutely not. This is the wrong time to prune oak trees. Unfortunately, we see that all too often. We can help out ahead of time. So if you do have questions, you know, you're out on your property, you're, you know, digging around, call us ahead of time and say, Hey, is this a good idea? You know, is this something that we can, that I should do or something I maybe need to hold off until later? Um, and if you go to Davey.com, uh, Kitty K there's, there's a little blog there as well. There's some great information on uh, like hazardous trees. Uh, they they go into detail about you know what is a hazardous tree. Is this something that I can handle on my own? Um, there's a lot of times we get out on properties and it's not something that you can handle on your own. You know, it's you're not removing your appendix here on your own. You want to call somebody that knows this stuff. You know, well, we've so, all
3: seen guys do things on trees that they that's just way too much for them. Yeah, they yeah. want to save a couple bucks, but- right? Uh, you know, uh, you hear the horror stories. You know, oh, a lot absolutely, of close every day. Calls, yeah, you know. and it's not yeah. just
0: homeowners either that Correct. make those mistakes. I mean, it is the guys that drive by in the pickup truck with yeah. the chainsaw, and the, and I see it all the time, just driving them around the community. Right. You know, no, it's not even the fact that they're not wearing ear and eye protection. Right. Right. But it's more than that that they're they're you know hanging up there or they're standing on a tall ladder while they're doing pruning with a chainsaw or I
4: gaffing mean. a tree. You know, right. using spike climbing uh, yeah. spikes, which you <laughs> shockingly in 2017 we would think. This is completely gone. It's not. It's like Volcano Mall. It's still there, it's still you know, there. unfortunately. It, it, it so.
0: refuses to go away. Yeah, and we, it's a safety <laughs> thing for me, too. Yeah. Like, that's a big, and maybe that's the mom in me, right? Right, right. That, like, that it's a safety issue, not just for homeowners, but uh, for other people that are doing tree work that shouldn't be doing tree work. But you guys know all of the laws on right. safe ways safety to work with this sure. equipment sure. and, you know, how to handle the way the tree falls, falling toward the house, falling away. I mean, you guys can sort of aim in the right direction. And so that, that's another reason I think to, to have a certified arborist on your side.
4: Certainly. And you know, there are municipalities, the federal government insists on having certain credentials being upheld. Uh, safety standards, our safety rating is very high. Um, we take that, that, you know, very seriously. And again, that's the other aspect of being a certified arborist. It's not just their credentialing. It's understanding the laws and, uh, safety protocols alongside of it. So, um, You know, asking for an certificate of liability insurance from from the contractor working on your property—not something I'd feel uncomfortable asking someone if they can't provide that. You know, maybe maybe uh, have an, a different conversation with them. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, um, we do understand not just pruning principles. Um, I think that's a big part of it. But the disease management, insect management, we're seeing hemlock woolly adelgid, you know, everywhere. It's wiping out uh, beautiful hemlock stands all over the place. Um, there are management protocols for this. I think the big key behind it, though, is the holistic approach to the property. Make sure you're doing the right things, you know, proper fertilization proper watering Uh, are we over mulching our trees which is you know kind of a big thing with with us obviously Uh, but you know are we managing our trees the right way are they the right trees for the site i think we talked about that last time Uh, did we plant hemlocks you know within three feet of the house and now they're overgrowing the space is this something we need to consider maybe taking out we are tree preservationists we love our trees we hug them every day but there are particular times where you have to give up the ghost I think uh, the Norway not the Norway the maple out front of your house just you know there may be a time where you have to consider, you know, maybe removal and replacement. You really hug your so. trees. Uh, w- you know what, Olivia
3: and I both hug our trees. So. <laughs> I hug <laughs> my the- trees. Yeah. Hey, Olivia, how interested are you in this show that you're reading a book during the show? We should explain who <laughs> Olivia
0: is, by the way. Todd's beautiful daughter, who is in fifth grade this year. She Same is in grade, fifth grade as my yeah. son. Or my son's one year older. But She's yes, so six, we grade. had a little school conversation. At least, at least pretend
3: on. that we're interested. <laughs> Olivia. I mean, reading a book during the show. You might as well be texting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go.
0: So give her a couple years to uh, By the way, I that.
2: read that book on last week's show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, listen, we're going to come back. Todd Shibandi is here. Doug Oster, Red, Ripe, and Roasted. Tell him about
3: it. Well, first off, for more information about Davey Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees... Go to www.davy.com slash kdka. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree, 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And join me today from 11 to 4 down at Phipps for Red, Ripe, and Roasted. Bring your produce. It'll help the hungry. Doug
1: and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio 1020, KDKA. All
2: right, we are back. Todd Shibondi going to stick around for the home stretch. He, of course, from Davy Tree. So if you have a tree question, feel free to give us a call. Mrs. Know-It-All coming up in just a couple of moments. And before we do any of that, a hey, congratulations to Lou from Coriopolis, winner of that gift certificate from Janoski. So, okay, let's go to Larry in the South Hill, something that Todd Shibondi can handle, I'm sure, all about tree trimming. Larry, how you doing?
1: Hi, good morning uh, Rob and good morning everyone. Uh, good morning. Just a quick question about pine trees, uh especially uh the white pines uh and the uh uh called Australian Austrian black pine. Uh is this a good time to trim uh, those kind of
4: uh trees? talking about think, pruning back long ends i'm assuming uh that's you know right, don't, we don't want to do right. a whole lot of thinning on on those guys uh because they are somewhat site susceptible but uh yeah this is a, a, not a bad time as far as pruning goes a lot of times we do hold off a little bit only because you still have a flush of growth in the tree but um realistically i think you're well within your rights as far as pruning goes maybe cutting back some long ends. how
3: to help long JP? can you go until you're risking putting on new growth that's not going to harden off uh, yeah, that's a great
4: question. Uh, I wouldn't go much beyond September, really, mm-hmm. because if you start pushing some new growth there, um, you, you know, we get an early season frost or something, boy, you're really going to be you know, in a bad place, unfortunately. And we're, so.
0: we we need to clarify, too, that when you're saying it's a good time to prune, yeah. you're saying just for those particular species of pines that was mentioned, yeah, it does correct. not mean that it's okay to go out and prune every tree, because right. it certainly isn't. Right. But those specific species of pine, yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. right.
3: Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Good morning, Denise.
1: Good morning. And while we have Todd there, maybe he'd like to expound on why we call Silver Maples widow makers. And also, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is the truth. And the other thing is, even if somebody says they have insurance, you have to see it. Because right now those uh, I, I call them lollipop makers, the guys who come around with the train chainsaw and say, "Oh, we're going to trim your tree," yeah. and you know, for maybe the lady who doesn't have anybody to help her thinks this is a good idea, and then of course her tree looks terrible the next year. But it does look like a lollipop.
4: Yeah, amen. Well, I, I, I just have one question: Is is a silver maple considered a noxious weed? I'm not. I'm not sure about that.
1: <laughs> I uh, I think it is, although I don't know that it's officially made the federal noxious. Right. Effect right. Effect.
0: But that is a, a tree. That's one of the ones that people, because it gets so big and so yeah. aggressive and that big root system, people homeowners decide to take them down themselves. and She oh, yeah. used the phrase widow maker. and you know, one of those big branches comes down on you, and it that is it. Can be disastrous. Yeah, it can
4: be disastrous. Absolutely. Actually,
1: sometimes it happens when the husband is up in the tree.
4: Yeah. And I've seen he's that cutting as well, one branch, and
1: the one he is on actually breaks.
4: Mm. Yeah. Not a good thing. And certainly the insurance aspect, you want to make sure you see that certificate of liability
2: insurance.
0: Great tips. Thank you, as always, Denise, for Uh, calling into the show.
2: All right. Let's do $1 bank instant access from Anna. This is my first garden, and I have been so lucky. Excellent eggplants, uh, banana peppers, Roma tomatoes, ghost peppers, and cherry tomatoes. One question is, why do my cherry tomatoes split after I Mm -hmm. pick them?
3: well, first off, that's uh, very brave of you to have ghost peppers. Those things are... A little scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll turn yeah. you
0: into a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> for several uh, days. And, you know, tough to grow, too. They they So good for you. But, yeah, we always see cherries split uh, when we get uh, a lot of rain. They just can't take all the rain. And certain varieties also are more susceptible to splitting. And it's funny. I grow one called Sun Gold, and whenever we get a lot of rain... It just swells up, and they split like crazy. But then I was out at a, a, a garden in Blairsville at Planet Earth uh, Greenhouse, and they had all these sun golds, no splitting. So, oh. yeah. It must be you. Yeah, I think it is me. I
0: think it's you. Yeah, that's,
3: that really stinks. <laughs> Another
2: one for Todd. This is Helen in Economy Talking Trees. Go ahead, Helen. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm fine, but my beech tree maybe isn't. Oh. <laughs> we planted one in May, and... Um, kept it well watered all, Mm. all summer, and it hasn't gotten any new growth on it. And I'm worried about it.
4: Yeah, sounds like maybe a little bit of uh, root decay. Um, Beach again, another site susceptible tree. Uh, by that I mean that they, you know, they don't tolerate sometimes uh, wet conditions. Uh, if they do have wet, con- uh, wet feet, as what we call it, you know, you could be possibly looking at some root rot on that tree. Unfortunately, even though it may be a new, young, vigorous tree.
0: Could it also be transplant shock? Yeah. Simply just, um, you know, the first year it just sits there, and you're lucky to keep it alive yeah. because it's been transplanted. And who knows when they dug it from the nursery, if right. it was bald and burlapped, I mean they might have really really limited that that root zone and so it's it's focusing now on growing roots Pushing instead roots, of yeah. growing shoots. Is there you know? anything
3: she should be doing this time of the year to get it ready for the end of the season or
4: yeah I mean uh we'd like to see some fertilizer go down on the tree, but you want to be careful you don't want to over fertilize on something you know with new growth coming out you could br- potentially burn that so uh, be careful how much water you're putting on the beach uh you can if you can get Especially into with the, all the soil rain we've got yeah we're what seven inches up mm-hmm. I think this year, so what chip maybe get a, a soil uh a a sample there and find out how wet that soil is if it sticks together if it's real marshy um, you may want to try to dry that out or hold off on watering a little bit if you can.
0: I'd like to make her feel I, a little bit better in yeah. that we planted a beech tree, a tricolored beech at our house Beautiful. this year, and we have no new growth on ours either, and ours was planted in April. Okay. So I'm just liking to think that right now it's focusing on growing roots. Yeah. So, But I'd say if you don't see any new growth next
4: spring, next spring then it's oh, time for a phone call. Exactly. Or even right. call now, and we can, <laughs> we can stop out and take a look at it, certainly. Be happy okay. to. You,
1: you think there's hope for it then, even though it hasn't.
0: Oh, one hundred oh 100 yeah. yeah if yeah. there's are there still leaves on it i mean the leaves are it's not like yeah. it's defoliated right yeah.
1: there's a little some of them are a little bit dry though yeah
0: i yeah. think that's i think it's transplant shock i mean you've seen a I've, lot of it yeah and you got a scorch
4: from this year oh, yeah. bacterial leaf scorch there's a lot of issues out there unfortunately because it of was, the amount of rain it was potted when i bought it mm. okay
0: Yep, yep. So that is, right. uh, I would I would not worry about it until next year. Yeah. See what kind of new growth you have on it next year. Great and place. just, yeah, just
1: cross oh, your thank fingers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Give me some hope.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we all, right. all need hope. Bob Hope. <laughs> Let's go to uh,
2: Mary Oakdale. One minute, Mary. Go ahead. Good morning. Welcome to KDK.
1: Good morning. With all this rain, I have an overabundance of weeds, and I believe most of them are milk thistle. the sharp prickles and the purple flowers
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i've been pulling them out and just keep coming and the roots are so very long and i have daffodils in the area and i'm so worried they're going to choke out my daffodils what can i do
0: oh it's probably canada thistle Mm -hmm. uh which have these Mm. underground white um rhizomes that that make the plant spread and when you dig them up uh, real aggressively like that. A lot of times, you break those roots into tiny pieces, each of which sprouts a new. Now you thistle. have a
4: hundred instead of ten.
0: It's like, exactly. a, like a
3: science fiction uh, horror movie. Right, oh, yeah. exactly.
0: So what I I like to do, and I actually got rid of an established patch of Canada thistle by doing this: continually top kill, which means you continue every time you see one sprout, you cut it off at the soil level, and you make sure that you do that every time you see one sprout. And what that does is it cuts off the photosynthesis source for the roots. And Will eventually starve those roots out. Um, and certainly cut it down, put some mulch on top of it, mm-hmm. and just keep a constant eye on that bed and get rid of one of those. Uh, every time you see one pop up, get rid of it immediately. And your, your
3: dafts will be okay. They will. Sometimes yep. you could put vinegar no. if you cut it off. You, you don't, no. you don't, you don't want to do that. Don't do that. Please All right. don't
2: do that. Back to wrap it up next.
1: Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio 1020 KDKA.
3: Join me today for the 13th annual Red Ripe and Roasted Tomato and Garlic Festival at Phipps. From 11 to 4, bring your fresh produce and it goes right to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. And you get in for free to see the Supernatural Amazing Glass Show. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden.
0: And a safer place to live.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to
1: small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they
2: switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.